0: Amen. Well, I have a, a, a call it a throwback, but it's not a many, many decades. It's just one decade. Actually, this song came out in 2009. So I'm going to have the sound team just play this. And if you know the chorus, then you can sing it. It's only about 40 seconds. And it breaks my heart. I can't say all will sing it because you don't know. Oh, oh how, how we drifted. Okay, now that you all know that one, <laughs> drifting. I want to talk to you in our series. This is the seventh week about drifting, spiritually speaking, and kind of talk about that um, how we drift spiritually. Revelation chapter 2 has kind of been our text that we've been talking about, and it's Christ's message to the churches, the seven churches, and he's speaking to the church of Ephesus. And this is the seventh week in our series of spiritual apathy. And one of the texts that we've had, that we've had each week, and I'd like to just quickly recap I was told not to recap too long because people, you know, have already heard that message. But the truth of the matter is sometimes you miss some weeks. And so uh, I'm going to do this for the sake of my son who is here. I'm so glad that he's here today. Yes, so, so proud of him. Uh, Well, my wife has abandoned me this weekend, my son is here with me. Amen. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. And we spent some time, we talked about actually the meaning of that, and, and how, as the Lord shares that. You know, that word abandon in the Greek actually means to depart from one, and leave him to himself so that all mutual claims are abandoned. Abandoned. Revelation 2.6, Jesus goes on to say, as he, you know, he says something kind of negative about that church, you know, let me just say this, God is going to say something about church for the harvest when we get to heaven, Amen. and you being part of it. I wonder what he's going to say to us personally about us being in this church in this time. Amen. So throw that out there. Um, <clears throat> I want to be known one as faithful and did all I could to further God's purposes. Amen. That's what I want to be known by. And I believe you do too. I believe you do too. This, Jesus goes on to say, I have against you. Is that you, you." Uh, he says, you abandon your first love. And then he goes on in Revelation 2, 6, excuse me. Yet this you have, in other words, in your favor, you hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. We spend time on that. Jesus actually Hates it. Somebody shall hate. Amen. It's like we shouldn't be saying that in church. It's a bad word. You know, not it. Jesus hates some things. Amen. And what that doctrine was, it was a doctrine of compromise, it was a doctrine of lukewarmness. Now, how many of you know? Because and, and, and Jesus, he goes on to say, i uh, uh, about lukewarmness that, that, that he despises that and that he would spew that out of his mouth. You neither actually, Revelation 3, 15, 16, I know your deeds. You're neither hot nor cold. He's talking to another church. He said, and I wish you were one or the other. How many of you know right now a freezing cold Coca-Cola is not what you want when you walk outside today, right? <clears throat> but a nice hot cup of coffee with some, you know, like a medium roast with some heavy cream in that. Oh, amen. Gotta have cream and and or some of you put the foofy stuff in there, that's what you want, right? So the Lord is saying, Be cold, be hot, but don't be lukewarm. Lukewarmness, he's actually that actually he says this, he said, Because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold. Revelation three, I'm about to, one translation says, vomit you out of my mouth. Oh, that's pretty strong. That's some strong stuff. But that's what Jesus is saying. If you have a Bible, it's written in red. Amen? He's saying that. And so Nicholas, he taught a doctrine of compromise. And and, and I have said this before, just for the sake of time. But Nicholas was one of the seven chosen, separated by the Holy Spirit, that were godly men to help facilitate the church. He wasn't some guy that just kind of came up, showed up in the church and started teaching some doctrine. He was one that was selected by the Holy Spirit to lead. And he got off track. Wow. And it got to a point where Jesus said, what he's teaching, I hate. Are you hearing me this morning? Amen. So, and uh, so God is repulsed by lukewarmness. And, and, and that doctrine was like one foot in the world, one foot in the church, kind of double-minded, that lukewarmness. It's a, you know, it's not it's, but to be so uptight and the separating from the world. It's okay, too. It's okay, too, and whatever, you know. It's okay for a guy, you know. If they're, if they're going to get married, they can just sleep with their, you know, girlfriend and, you know, the girl with the boyfriend. I mean, it's, it's okay to shack up. I mean, it's no big deal. Lukewarm. Come on now, amen? <clears throat> I wonder in America, God forbid, that me even saying something like that would get me arrested someday. I wonder. We need to stand up for what's right and proclaim the truth, amen? <laughs> in all generations, why? Not for just for our generation, but my son's kids and their kids. And your kids, amen? Hallelujah, I'm <laughs> gonna get off track here. So uh, in 1 Corinthians 4, 2, It is required of stewards that they be found faithful. And a gauge, watch this, of our faithfulness is our level of lukewarmness. So what do you mean, Pastor Mike? Lukewarmness is the dying of conviction. It's the dying of conviction. And conviction often dies a slow death of a thousand compromises. Did you get that? Compromises at work compromises at marriage things happen at work and you notice things and you know um I actually had one time uh there was some compromises at a job I work in Texas and I was just like this isn't right here you know and you know one of the owners is like hey you know what it's okay you know I know you see things black and white you're young when you're older there's a lot of gray there's a lot of gray can I get an amen no, <clears throat> a conviction that often dies <clears throat> a slow death of a thousand compromises. You just don't show up in our person <clears throat> that's, you know, uh, uh, that's unfaithful just because of overnight. It takes time. This drifting takes time. i with me. Say amen. <clears throat> your work, your marriage. Compromises in your marriage, your family. How many with me? Amen. <clears throat> All these little thousand cuts of compromise. They, that's what brings us to a state where we just come kind of lukewarm, lukewarm. <clears throat> and so here's the thing when we live in isolation and we drift, because of that, <clears throat> we are open to Satan's attack. And here's the thing. We are only isolated if we choose to be, if we choose to be. Hebrews 11, uh, excuse me, 13, verse 7. We kind of ended off with this last week. Uh, the admonition in the writer of Hebrews, he said, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Wow. You know, as a pastor, I, I take that very seriously. How I walk, how I live, and, 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 and uh, uh, before the Lord. I look at that word consider, it actually means to examine, to behold, to observe carefully. I look at attentively to gaze upon. How many you know that means that's pretty serious to consider there? It's pretty pretty clear, right, this, with that. And last week, we said this statement, Jesus did not only save you from something, he saved you for something. Otherwise, you'd have gotten saved, water baptized, and left you under, well, water baptized, and drowned you. You can go to heaven. There's a purpose here on earth, amen? When you come up, you come up to new life, Amen. Hebrews 2.1 is my text for today, and uh, we're just really going to get into one point, and we're going to receive communion. It's Communion Sunday. You're all welcome to participate in communion. You don't have to be a church member, but you need to be born again. Hebrews 2.1. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, the truth of God's word, or we may drift, somebody shout drift, away from it that's what we're talking about drifting drift means to flow by to slip away to flow past to glide past hence i am lost to perish uh or merely to drift away to fall away from my duty actually what it means is this battery all right in here or do we need to switch something what's going on here Uh, Maybe we can get this checked out. So to flow by, to slip away, to flow past, guide past. Uh, We had the kids when they were little, and uh, we used to take them to the Kalahari. How many of you have been to the Kalahari? I actually made up a song. It's great. It's a great place for kids. It's an indoor water park. You know, and so it could be 30 below out, but it's warm inside. And there's all these slides, and <clears throat> there's all these things for kids. They have this stuff for little kids. They have a, a wave thing, and, and they have all this stuff. And it's pretty fun. And we'd take the kids in. They'd love it. As soon as they walk in there, they have this look on their faces. Oh, my goodness. So at the Kalahari, we would did take the kids. And uh, there was, in, in every water park, they have a thing called the Lazy River. How many have been on the lazy river? You know, when you're exhausted as a parent, you get your kids running, you know, just "Just put me on the lazy river. I don't have to think about anything. I don't have to do anything. Why? Because the river, the the way they have the jets, it takes you around the whole park. You know, right? You can see, oh, they're they're, they're having fun. You can take a break. But you know, there's a lazy river in in life. Come on now. And, and, And God wants us to get out, get off of that boat. How many with me say amen? And, and, and so, so this drifting, this drifting and, uh, <clears throat> I guess let me just give you a definition here that I put for dr- dr- drifting. Drifting, a gradual shift in attitude, opinion, or position, an aimless course, to move along a line of least resistance, to move in a random of casual way, to become carried along, subject to no guidance or control. That's a, just a, ge- a definition there of drifting. Uh, one of my foundation texts of this for this verse, 1 Timothy 4.1, we've shared this before, says, now the spirits, says clearly that in the last times some people somebody shout some people it's not everyone but some people will depart from the faith by following deceitful spirits the teachings of demons do you know that demons teach people just think about that so so there are teachings that people embrace that are taught by demons that demons can teach people things. And and here's the thing about heresy. Heresy has plagued the church from the beginning. And usually those who teach falsehood, invariably, they mix, watch this, a little bit of truth or a lot of truth with the falsehood. I grew up at a time in the 70s where Jim Jones in the People's Temple in Guyana was taking place. Those of you over 40, 50, you know what I'm talking about and it really shocked me watching the television seeing i think it was 918 followers 304 of them were children they were all suicide killed by suicide through cyanide that was laced in Kool-Aid how does someone get to that point where they're living there in south america in uh, uh With Jim Jones, how does how does that happen? Well, if you study a little bit about him, he was a socialist. He was a communist. Come on, now, can I get an amen? And as he thought this, he goes, how do I infiltrate the masses? Because at that time, America was really, you know, pretty vigilant about, you know, communism to stop that. Remember? The attacks with Russia, everyone climb under the tables, or your school tables and school. They would have a siren there and go on, leave the school. We're under attack, nuclear attack. It never happened. But we trained for that as kids, and we were prepped for that. And so so communism is a big thing that America should fight against. Amen? because it's the there is no god in communism okay and so and so he 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 thought you know cuz he studied marxism all that how to infiltrate the masses this thought came to him hey through religion do it through religion and that's that's a lot how he started in a local church and um, <clears throat> you know he spoke a lot on re- racial reconciliation come on now he said a lot about that, and he embraced different cultures, and you know, which is fine. That's good. That's important. We need to do that. Can I get an amen? But he spoke a lot on equality. We're all equal, and eventually he got to a point where he denounced the Bible and said, "We need to get rid of this foolish book, and we, there is no heaven." He actually said, "And we need to make heaven here on earth." He was into so much immorality and relationships and affairs and homosexual relationships and went on and on and on. And, and he got almost a 1,000 people to move from America down there. And when they got wind of it, because someone knew what was going on and he was filtering that to the FBI. And he got scared so he left down there and he poisoned, they forcefully poisoned all of these people and they died. Heresy, somebody shout heresy. It doesn't happen overnight. And that man listened, his, hear me, to demons, teachings of demons. That's, I mean, that's the teaching of God. Just, you could just, just so you say, praise God, doesn't mean, you know, he listened to teachings of demons. Demons are, are, are still today trying to infiltrate your life through false teaching with a little bit of truth. Come on now, a little bit of truth. The Greek word for depart, abandon, it actually means to lead away, to depart from. I make a stand away, to draw away, to repel, to take up a position away from, to withdraw from, to leave, to abstain from. I recently heard this uh, story about, <clears throat> excuse me, a true story about a couple that took off and it was cold They went down uh, south to uh, in, a, in the Caribbean somewhere and for a week of, rest and and recreation and and then the wife got on a a raft and and they got on some tubes and they were in the ocean and before long uh while the wife was there just floating around just enjoying the hot sun the wave and the current started taking her out slowly and slowly it got to a point where she was a distance out she got scared she couldn't get back and the current was taking her away uh that the only person that heard her as she cried out was her husband so he started to swim out towards her And while he's out there, he's getting tired. He's exhausted because the current started taking him. Thankfully, there was a lifeguard who saw it. He was doing his duty. And he came out there, swam out there, got the wife back and the husband, rescued them both. But by the time they rescued them, the wife was over a half a mile from the shore, drifting, drifting. Do you know isolation is the catalyst that Satan uses to cut us off? Did you hear that? It's isolating. It's getting us cut off, not connected to others that know us, that know our life, that know our story, that even even the good, the bad, and the ugly, you're safe. Do you know that you're safe in this church? If your heart is right and you want to grow and change, you know, I got issues, you're safe in this church. We'll help walk with you. Amen? Now, there are wolves that come in churches, Okay, and, and the Holy Spirit will give us wisdom to spot that and say, that you need to change, repent, or you need to get out if you're a wolf. Because I'm going to, I even being, being known as a pastor that maybe is a little too harsh when it comes to a wolf that wants to hurt our children, I'm not going to play that game. Amen. I'm not being mean, not being ugly, just saying people need to have a heart to change, and the church welcomes the church should welcome those that want to change, that want want all that God has for them. Is that all right? Can you say amen? Drifting, drifting happens here. Minnesota, the lakes, your boat gets cut off or, you know, a pontoon or whatever. Next thing you know, it's pounding on the neighbor's dock and, you know, or, you know, even like for in the ocean, you, you can get taken away. So what causes Christians to drift? I'm just going to get into one point. From their faith away from God and God said that this will be something, now watch this, this will be something that some Christians will succumb to in the last days. How does it happen? How does it happen? Drifting Christians. How does it happen? This is our first point. We'll just kind of conclude on this. An out of control schedule. Ephesians 5.16 talks about an out of control schedule. The Bible says redeeming the time because the days are evil. To redeem actually means to buy up, to ransom, to rescue from loss, to buy out, to buy away from, ransom. It means I purchase out, I buy a redeemer. I choose to redeem that. That's what it means. How many know Jesus redeemed us from hell? Amen? He redeemed us. He redeemed all of mankind. They just need to come to the recognition that they need Christ. Can you say amen? Jesus had done them. Redeemed us. But one of Satan's greatest weapons against our generation seems to be his ability to make good people busier than ever before. Isn't that right? Especially on the weekends. You know, some churches are holding Monday night services. Why? Because people are just so occupied with so many things, with sports, with games, with weekend stuff, that they're providing a Monday night. And that may be something we need to consider in the future in our new building, a Monday night service. I don't know. But, but you know, there's so many things that are out there that are going to be demanding, work demands, school demands, after-school activities, weekend games, weeknights, sporting events. What are you trying to say, Pastor Mike? We so often sacrifice the best things in life by spending time doing things that are just just pretty good. Come on now. Hey, listen, my kids were in the public school and they grew up in, and they're involved in sports and things like that and I get it. I know what it's like, but you know what? We always made sure that they would get plugged into church, that they'd stay in church, that they would have a time. And even when we had Wednesday night services at that time, that they're involved in that, that they would constantly have time where they get fed spiritually, amen? Here's the thing. If you desire to walk with God closely, you will absolutely, watch this now, necessarily have to begin by taking a close look at your calendar your schedule you have to you must prioritize your spiritual walk if you do not drifting will take place you will drift Work will cause you to drift. And, oh, I got all these problems at work and I got this situated. And work will just pull away all of your things. You come home just exasperated on the weekends. You're up at night and all that. It, you just, you're not making time spiritually for your growth. How many still love me? Say amen. Amen. Friends, it's likely that you're currently do, doing too much over uh, busy schedule schedules. <clears throat> Maybe it's over hectic schedule. It's affecting your relationship with the Lord. You need to take, take. Uh, what really needs to happen, I wrote this down, wisdom says we need to take out our pruning shears and begin to cut out any activities that, that will that cause you to not focus on the Lord where you need to have that time. Can I get an amen? All of us need that time, myself included. I need that time. And sometimes things even for me get so busy, it's so busy, I think like I'm running here or there. I'm dealing with new church building stuff. I'm dealing with regular church stuff. I'm dealing with community stuff that I'm involved with and, and all of these things. And I, I still have to, I have to just come back to my center and say, you know what, this is priority. I need to stick with this. Amen? How many with me say amen? I'm almost done. So to focus more time, you know, uh, Abraham Lincoln, he said this, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. Heard that before? What is he trying to say? He's talking about you know the effort that we exercise in, in our lives and we're doing, and a lot of times we're just kind of chopping away. Many of you have heard the principle in Steve Covey's book, uh, "The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People." Actually, habit number seven is called sharpening the saw. And what does it mean to sharpen the saw? Covey explains his is in, in this chapter seven with a story. He says this: Suppose you were come upon someone in the woods working feverishly to saw. Down a tree what are you doing you ask can't you see comes the impatient reply i'm sawing down this tree you look exhausted you explain how long have you been at it over five hours he returns and i'm beat this is hard work well why don't you take a break for a few minutes and sharpen that saw you inquire. cry i'm sure it will go a lot faster i don't have time to sharpen the saw i don't have time i'm too busy don't Pastor, I don't, you know, too bad. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to read the word of God. Oh, can I get an amen here in this church? Because I'm too busy doing the things that really, in light of eternity, don't matter. Come on now. Hallelujah. I don't have time to sharpen the saw, the man says emphatically. I'm too busy sawing. That is an overworked schedule. There's something wrong. Amen, Pastor Mike. Preach. So glad we came on this frigid morning. Amen. Out of control schedules. That's the end game of Satan to get us out of the game to not finish well. I'm gonna conclude here. To not finish well. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9:27, he said, But I keep under my body and I bring it in a subjection list by any means when I have preached to others, I myself. Should be a castaway. What does that mean? To be a castaway means to actually to be suspended. Here you go, drifting. It actually means to be disqualified. Oh, we disqualify ourselves as a castaway. What are some biblical examples? Men in the in the Bible who disqualified themselves? How many heard the story about Samson because of the temptation of a woman he got disqualified? Amen. Absalom, because of the temptation of pride and power, tried to take over David's kingdom. Ananias and Sapphire, because of the temptation of money. They wanted to seem important before the local church, because someone already sold some property and gave some property to the church, and they held back the money. All of these are examples of people that have disqualified themselves. So what does it mean to finish well? What does it mean to finish well? Watch this. To finish well means to walk with God personally to the end of your life. I'm going to say that again. To finish well means to walk with God personally. Not, I'm so glad my wife is so strong in her faith, because I'm not. Amen, men. Amen. Or, you know, a vice versa, a husband. You know, personally, to the end of your life, to make a contribution to God's work with your time, talent, and treasure. Every single one of us has been given a talent. I think I just recently heard someone, I'll probably verify this next week, Lord willing, but a talent was like 10,000 days of work, which equals 33 years. How many know Jesus was on this earth 33 and a half years? He's given each of us a talent. What are we going to do with those 10,000 days of work, that gifting? a talent in your treasure. What else does it mean to finish? Well, to leave a heritage and children who will continue the work of God. We've just started our Harvest Legacy Program, and we'll be giving more information about that as we move forward with our new building. How many of you know there's reasons why we need to move forward? and We're going to be communicating them to you in the near future of why this building has been great for 13 years, but it's time that we move on. It's time. And we're going to give you solid reasons why. Because then we think, oh, it's just fine here. It's good. It's good. You know what? We're thankful for it. But God has blessed us with property. And we're moving forward. We're moving forward. Amen. God has more for us. He has more for us. But we have a legacy. And and that legacy is our children's children. Amen. Amen. That that legacy. Because here's the thing. We're all going to die someday. (laughs) and so you got to think of your life as you walk through life through eternal perspective not just temporary now so your children do we want our children to be set up to have a solid church that's strong so when we're gone we know man they're getting the word preached amen that's what we want and we we got to build for that we got to build for that to leave a heritage. Men and women who finish well continue to grow until the end of their life. Did you hear that? That word grow? That means we need to be men and women that study, that listen, that grow ourselves, that read, that, that, that put input in our life, that listen to podcasts. Amen? That come to church regularly. Hey amen, Pastor Mike. Hey amen? And you guys are all here. So I'm preaching to the choir here. You guys came at 30 below. You are the cream of the crop. God's best. God's Marines is who you are. Amen. I have a soft part in my heart with Marines. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward and uh, we'll conclude here uh, with communion and they can get the table set up. And let me just say this. Some of you just feel, well, Pastor, I don't know if I'm going to finish well because my start has been really bad. And there's a story about John Mark. I'm just going to paraphrase some of it in the Bible. And I've titled this Fatal excuse me failure isn't fatal failure isn't fatal and the story as it goes Paul and Barnabas they pick John Mark up and back from a mission trip to Jerusalem and they take them to Antioch and this is in the book of Acts chapter 12 and they go to different towns and communities and but after somewhere along the way John Mark decides for whatever reason that he had enough he had enough and so after they sail to Perga John Mark decides that you know I don't want to go any further and a matter of fact, he tells them both, he says, you know what? I'm going to return to Jerusalem. So in other words, essentially, he quit when the going got rough. There was some persecution at the time. We don't know exactly why he abandoned, but we know that there was this sense of it wasn't honorable in what he did, okay? It wasn't honorable. And so, so Barnabas later suggested Paul that, we, you know, we go get John and bring him with. Paul goes, no way. That guy abandoned me. He left me. He left us. He's not, and their division was so strong, the Bible actually says that they split, okay? This is, this is in the New Testament. These guys that were men of God, they're moving forward, moving forward, the things of God, a mission strip, and they split because the hostility, and Paul was like, I'm not having anything to do, that guy abandoned me. We needed him the most. Fast forward many years later, Paul, is sitting in prison awaiting trial, and he writes a letter to the Church of Colossae. And he says something very interesting in this letter. He tells them that John Mark is with him and he's been a great comfort. Interesting. So he must have showed up in prison and been there, the one that abandoned them. What does that say? Fa- failure is not fatal. You think about me, I screwed up, and I messed up. If only everyone knew. I really can't be all that God's called me to be because I have screwed my life up so bad at this point. No, you haven't. I said, no, you haven't. Amen. And so he tells them, he says, he's been a great comfort. But he also tells them, he says this, he said, welcome John Mark if he shows up. So this kid that sorely disappointed the apostles there, uh, the apostle Paul, now he's a man that brought comfort in these latter years. And at one point, Paul viewed him as one that caused division in the body. But now Paul is proudly calling him in Colossians 4.10, a fellow worker, if he had bowed, please. What's the point, the principle? We all develop gradually. Failure isn't always a sign that we can cut it. Sometimes we're trying to operate at a level that we're not maybe mature, mature enough to handle. We can always outgrow those kinds of failings provided we don't give up. Drifting, drifting. You're here this morning. You said, Pastor, I'm not right with the Lord. I need to get right. I just My life has been one that's been aimlessly drifting. And I, yeah, I believe in God, but it's just all these things, work, life, family, whatever it may be, has caused you to be on the lazy river of life. And so here's the thing about the lazy river. Every 10, 15 minutes or 20 minutes or so, you're going to come around to the place where you launched into that lazy river. And you have an opportunity, if you want, to get out. Today is a day to get off of the river. If you're on the river, the lazy river of life, amen? You say, Pastor, I want to take that step. I'd like us to pray together as we lead those here and and perhaps those maybe listening by television or audio. You've never accepted Christ. This is a great day. The Bible says now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Let's pray together corporately. To receive the Lord say this to me say Jesus I believe you died on the cross for my sin Jesus come into my life save me fill me with your Holy Spirit I give you my life take it I will serve you all the days of my life in Jesus name if you made that a sincere prayer of your life and a commitment. You just got out of the lazy river and you started a new life with Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.